0: It's Yoli Tamu, creator of the Back to Me Project podcast, College and Beyond. Welcome to our 100th episode anniversary special. Can you believe it? (laughs) We decided to start a podcast that serves college students dealing with life's emotional transitions in college and in the workforce. And amazingly, it worked because of you and your support. Over the past two years, we have presented several theme series featuring powerful experts, including a series about love, women's history, military veterans, sexual assault, and the divine nine. We also explored mental health practices while experiencing racial injustice. Uh, We identified spiritual practices and lifestyle changes to help overcome various traumas. Our featured guests, have sustained accomplished careers in the mental health profession, the military, and the entertainment business. We even covered how COVID impacted students that had to return home while trying to maintain their newfound independence. In this 100th anniversary, we selected some of our favorite top-notch guests to highlight our five most popular series. They are Reverend Arlene Hilton, Dr. Markeith Royster, Camille Harris. Shaniqua Lasker. Sean Derrick. Shante McKinley. Joy Nordenstrom. Dr. Jasmine Winbush. Tierra Garnett. Grace Poon Kafari, Colonel retired Teresa Townsend. Major retired Samuel Moore. Major Adrian Law. Tanisha Knox. Roxanne Karn and Dr. Carrie Williams. So find a comfortable place to sit and enjoy listening to a retrospective of our most memorable moments. Be sure to stick around to the end because we have a special giveaway for five lucky students. Enjoy.
1: And so how grateful I am for this moment to pause and pray and acknowledge the magnificence of God, higher power, spirit. No matter what we may call this presence and this power, it is the highest vibratory frequency of love. God is love. In knowing that truth, I know and recognize that this love, this presence, this power, God is everywhere. Evenly presence, there is no spot where God is not. Beyond Alpha and Omega, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, omniactive. This presence, this power is life itself. It is my life. It is my breath. It is the life and breath of Yoli and the life and breath of every individual that can hear the sound of my voice. And so I claim in this moment that this connection that we have this day is straight from the heart, that we speak from the high vibration of agape love, understanding that this love transcends the human condition, that this love uplifts, that this love transforms, this love heals. And so I know Agape is the way. I know that this love looks beyond the human conditions and sees into the soul of each human being, understanding that we were created out of love, that we are emanations of the Most High God. And so we let go, we let God in this now moment, knowing all is well and right and good. And I release this word unto the law, knowing my words have already been fulfilled. It is done. It is done. It is done. And so it is. Amen. Amen.
0: Wow. We were so grateful to receive that opening prayer for episode 38 with licensed spiritual practitioner, Reverend Arlene Hilton. I mean, whether you believe in something greater than yourself or not, love is always present and unconditional. Thanks, Rev our most popular series to date, the Divine Nine series. Be your authentic
2: self. Don't allow any identity or any experience that you've had in your life tear you down. I know it's easier said than done because we've all had like impactful or traumatic experiences or whatever the case may be, but work your hardest to know that you have value just as yourself. You don't have to blend in. You don't have to fit in. You don't have to put on for anybody else And with that, like, try to reshape their perspective. So I speak a lot about foster youth because I'm a a former foster youth as well. Um, I was adopted. Oh, wow. um, Okay. Charlotte Royster did an amazing job. And my godparents, Jack and Joyce Connor also did an amazing job in letting me know that because my narrative is unlike other people that I might be around, they might not understand it. So they may like try to tear me down for it. But they did an amazing job of teaching me like this is a gift. So none of my family is biological, but that has given me the the ability to connect with people. That's right. So this person over there, I treat you like family because you could be. I treat you like a cousin, I treat you like a auntie, I treat you like a, a nephew, I treat you like a, a niece, I treat you like a brother, I treat you like a sister.
0: Dr. Markeith Royster, UCLA Community Director and Delta Chapter member of IOTA Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated. He remains the number one downloaded guest on our podcast for episode 13, Letting Go of the Imposter Syndrome. It's so easy to see why he's still a favorite on his campus.
3: So I know that the energy of the chapters varies quite significantly from school to school. So, you know, what you may read online may not match the interactions that you've had on campus in person with some of the people, a part of the chapters that may be at your particular university. I've definitely heard that. Oh, I'm interested in so-and-so, but I ran into this member and they were rude to me or they had an attitude, blah, blah, blah. And so I think those experiences are common and it's unfortunate, but I think keep in mind that the bigger mission and values of these organizations is bigger than the individual members that represent them. And every single person is not going to be the best representation of anything, regardless of if it's a sorority or fraternity, even if it's the chess club, you know, (laughs) like everyone's not going to be the best player on the team. So I think just do your homework. And I think if something speaks to you or feels like something that you want to represent, and it seems like something that resonates with your character or something that you would like to aspire to be, then Pursuit.
0: Camille Harris, postdoctoral fellow at Georgia State University, and Alpha Phi chapter member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, Incorporated. This young lady gave us some solid advice on episode seventy-one on who's influencing your life.
3: I was definitely encouraged by my friends. Like, I think they were the main ones who were seeing my behaviors since I wasn't like at home, so my family couldn't really see it, but. My friends definitely encouraged me. My sororers played a major role in encouraging me to go as well because I was around them all the time. I remember like being in the car with one of my sororers and we were just talking, and I kind of just started crying and broke down to her and let her know how much pain I was in. And like I think after that moment, we just decided like, okay, like what resources can I? take advantage of because like, I'm really hurting right now. And I think at that point, that was really the turning point to where I was like, okay, like I need to get help. And I decided to start going to our, our counseling and psychological services. And that was like my first time really going to therapy.
0: Shaniqua Lasker, MPH candidate at Emory University, Rollins School, and new Lambda chapter member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. She inspired us all in episode 76 with her story of resilience and transitioning through grief. And then there was the love series, yes. (laughs) Love and relationships are always a major topic for students, so we wanted to encourage our listeners to really take a closer look at love in all of its forms. Take a listen to Sean Derrick, the speaker for The Dreamer, Shantae McKinley, the director of the Positive School Center at University of Maryland, and Joy Nordstrom, certified matchmaker and relationship mentor, as they told us
4: how to truly tap into love. Check it out. Absolutely. It's very important to hear how powerful you are in your own voice. Mm. In your own voice. Okay. And you hear it. I have my speakers do this, and they'll do their speeches that way, and they, I'm motivated, I'm like, yeah, because you heard how powerful you are in your own voice. Mm. So outside of just going in the mirror and making sure you get comfortable with yourself, you wanna have your, that'll be like your, your anthem, your daily anthem to listen to in the morning. You are powerful beyond measure. You are amazing. You're unparalleled, there's no talent like you. You bring something so rich to the table. People appreciate you even when you're not there. Your words carry so much weight you are valid. Anything you need to say to yourself, push that in recording. I don't care if you're reading it off of notes on your phone, you did, mm-hmm. and then play it back to yourself. And if you really want to get into it, homie, put some music on YouTube while you're playing it, yo. You be so charged, you know, and you won't even need, because if a compliment means so much from another person, guess what, an insult will destroy you. So you better be comfortable with telling yourself how good you are. So we need to go
5: out a little bit. We need to not think about just the individual. We need to think about like, What's the soil where these individuals kind of nurtured in? And the, there is, a, the, if, you, if you Google basis, there's a diagram of a tree. And the tree is, has all these roots underneath. And all, the underneath is all those community adverse experiences, like poor housing, community disruption, discrimination. All of those things are at the bottom right in the soil. And we have to think about no matter where you were born, no matter it. So we all have these different things in our community that has contributed to who we are as people. Mm -hmm. and so when we're thinking about trauma we can't just look at the person we really have to look beyond the person and we have to think about like their community and then we have to look a little bit larger like at a bigger picture and think about systemic racism and white supremacy and all those things that all contribute to who we are and how we how we show up in
6: spaces brace that growth mindset with somebody and in asking early on when you're first meeting somebody, do they have that? Or do they have this rigid definition of, no, this is what relationship is and you must fit in my tiny little box and this is how we do it. Because that's just going to be so detrimental for you guys for the longevity, especially if this is the young age that you're getting together. If this does happen to work, they're going to go through so many ebbs and flows and you're going to grow in different directions. And if you don't have that skill set in place and you don't have the tool chest of how to continue to learn how to become interdependent with one another, you will inevitably, you know, go in divergent ways at different times. You might come back together, but if you want to see how long this can last in a successful relationship, it's being able to learn that art of interdependence with them and really value that even the rough spots are going to be beautiful if you look at them that way. So keep your mind open to opportunities.
0: We were very pleased with the response from our love series and thought it would be important to go even deeper with our sexual assault series. As a sexual assault survivor myself, I was grateful to be able to share some powerful resources and amazing advocates on the subject with our listeners. Check out Dr. Jasmine Winbush, relational psychologist, as she shares the value of therapy after an assault on episode 43, Overcoming the Shame of an Assault. Also, Tiara Garnett, advocate specialist at Howard University offered us resources on episode 42 on violence prevention for survivors and their perpetrators. And finally, Grace Poon Ghaffari, education and outreach manager for SHARE at Stanford University, joined us on episode 91 to remind students that healing is a lifelong journey. Enjoy.
7: But there's also a large percentage of people who have the freedom let's just take you know young white men on a college campus for example mm. of course they still experience assault and traumatic experiences but statistically speaking they have a freedom and luxury of going out and getting drunk and not remembering the night and and, and have a lower chance of experiencing their body being taken advantage of you know or experiencing sexual assault so it's hard for some people to work through I did this thing that led, I did a, and it led to B. So it has to be my fault. It's there's so much nuance within there that I really break down in therapy to help them see blame has, has, doesn't really have a lot to do with the processing through, through of of trauma. Like we have to figure out how to make sense of what happened to you without you completely internalizing and blaming yourself for the entire experience. We can make sense of it, and we can figure out how to That's ask your life narrative without the the sole ending of it being, it was all my fault.
8: We do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, We do training. So we do healthy relationship trainings with students. We also provide bystander intervention training. And then we also provide trainings directly for students that were the perpetuators. And those Mm -hmm. trainings are catered specifically to that student based off of whatever the situation may be. We don't have just some generic um training that we give students that are the respondents we mm-hmm. want to make sure it's catered directly to you so that you understand what is being explained to you so that your behavior changes from then on wow and so I, you said the perpetrator even comes for work yeah track? so i've had some students that have come forward voluntarily have come to my office and said, hey you know I'm, I'm dating this person and you know things kind of got a little heated while we were arguing, and I think I made a bad decision. What should I do? Wow. And we we talk about that. We have some students that, you know, may have been reported to the Title IX office, and during this investigation, Title IX has to ask that student because they still have a right to receive support and services. Every day, I actually,
3: I meet with students, and I have the honor of being able to gather their feedback, get their insight, have their input, and that directly fuels into our future programs, things that we want to continue, things that we want to edit. We just actually had Take Back the Night last week, which is an annual program where survivors are having the opportunity to speak out and share their stories of sexual violence. And one person had booked a meeting with me to just be able to share their feedback about the reflections of the event, the impact of the event, and ways that we can continue to iterate to make it more survivor-centered. And so it truly is really continuing work in progress. Nothing is ever static because students are never static. And we have the great honor of being able to work with them every single day.
0: Knowing that there are some powerful resources at school for students needing to heal really made me just feel honored to uh, showcase those
9: campuses.
0: In November, we wanted to pay homage to the military veterans who serve our country and offer students an opportunity to learn how the six branches could help pave the way to a rewarding career. Colonel retired Teresa Townsend, one of a few high-ranking African-American women of color, shared with us on episode 21, The Value of the Army ROTC. While Major retired Samuel Moore joined us on episode 20 to talk about the advantages of earning your degree while in the United States Air Force. And finally, Major Adrian Law, shared on episode 66, how our listeners could discover a world beyond their wildest dreams in the most recent military branch, the United States Space Force. Take a listen.
9: As I said, T.C. incurs no obligation to go into the military. However, you are armed with skills that will benefit you, whatever career field you decide to pursue. If you decide That you want to enlist in the Army right out of high school, the mere fact that you were in JROTC at least two years means that you can enlist at a higher rank Mm. than someone who had no experience at all. Of course, higher rank means, you know, more money Mm -hmm. initially. If you decide to go to college, you have an opportunity to apply for college ROTC scholarships. College ROTC scholarships pay for Tuition, they pay $1,200 a year for books and lab fees, and it also gives you a stipend. In addition, most colleges, when the military is kicking in that much, most colleges will kick in and pay and offer you free room and board, which means you wind up with a free college education. Plus, on the other end, you're already set for a job as a commissioned officer in the Army. And then you also told me something
0: about one year of education for one year of service. Is
9: that how that works? Yes, yes, yes,
2: yes. They have, they have several educational programs out there. They call like, they have one, they call the nurses enlisted commissioning program. They have the leaders encouraging Airman program and the airman early education commissioning program and def- What those programs are, they will send you to school to a civilian Institute. So you would get your paycheck, wear civilian clothes, Go to a civilian school, get your education, but once you graduate, it's typically one year for one year. So for every year that they send you to school, you owe the Air Force one more year. So if mm-hmm. you go to the school for two years, once you graduate, you owe them two years. If you go for four years, once you graduate, you owe them four years. But you know, nothing's free. But you get an education, you get mm-hmm. a paycheck going to school, so you're ahead of the average college student. And I think it's a great way to
10: get an education. We're going to solve challenges like right now, we, we do space launch, but we want to do space launch better. We want to do it with lighter material so that we can put more payload on satellites so that I can put a satellite 20,000 nautical miles into space and put a camera on it. I can't do that today. I want to build a launch spacecraft in a more cost-effective and, and safer, a more environmentally friendly way. And those are the kind of challenges that we don't have answers for today. Mm. And so as we think about growing the Space Force, we think about you know and for your listeners out there think about maybe I'll want to be a guardian someday or an airman right doing intelligence doing acquisitions finding systems engineering spacecraft working on cyber technology because at the end of the day it's it doesn't help me if my satellites in space and I can't talk to it and I need IT and network pros that can deal with those challenges and solve those problems and make that go and then of course intelligence right intelligence is one of those disciplines where space is an, an incredible asset to to be able to do intelligence collection but i need smart intelligence people to figure out how we can do that better, more robust, provide quicker and more responsive intelligence. And that all goes to the uh, supporting the way that we do war and the way we're going to do war in the future.
0: What an honor it was to speak to such distinguished individuals who loved being of service. Thank you. And for our final popular series, We celebrated amazing entrepreneurial women, Tanisha Knox, Roxanne Karn, and Dr. Carrie Williams, to celebrate Women's History Month. Check it out.
3: You know, I started doing hair when I was really young, so I always loved it. And as I became a professional, my clientele started growing, and I realized there was this huge need for help, guidance, and information around hair care. And particularly curly hair. So I started studying ways to solve common problems that my newer clients were having. They were facing scalp irritation issues and hair breakage, things of that sort. So I just focused on helping them and helping them keep their hair and scalp healthy. So I think that's what, you
2: know, led to everything for me
3: the lens that i was coming from in terms of image really came from my own passions for fashion you know as you know i'm from new york city i'm i'm from brooklyn i'm a brooklyn girl and i was born and raised in, in new york and growing up, I got to see everything in terms of personal style, right? From the rocker look to hip hop to, you know, Fifth Avenue and everything in between. And I always, always would pay attention to women and how they dressed and what their clothes had to say about them, even before I knew I was consciously doing it. And with that, I just looked at style as Really, just a pure art form and really held on to that. So, I always kept a close pulse on fashion, you know, all through my formative years, even and then going into the business world, you know, in my 20s and into mid 30s, where well, their hair didn't look like mine. So, yeah, my mom,
11: she was a great example at home. And she would tell me all the time that I was beautiful but it wasn't always being reinforced when I left the house, you know, I was teased. And again, the images I saw. And so growing up and being so grateful to have those seeds of confidence constantly given to me or planted in me by my mom, that when I got older and I was really able to just embrace the beauty of my hair in this natural state, I just had this desire to create a space for other people like me, you know, other little black girls who, you know, wanted to explore the beauty of their hair, but just didn't know where to go. And so while I was in college, I was a mass comm major and I would just strategically do research. And that research really just aligned with my natural desire and vision. And, you know, I can say my journey, like what I've accomplished so far and still some of the experiences that I'm having, I never imagined, I truly was just following my passion.
0: The Back to Me Project podcast would not have been possible without the support of Danielle Mungia and the Back to Me Ambassadors, who helped shape this podcast from Prairie View A&M University, FAMU, Tuskegee, and UCLA. And of course, we are thankful for all of our featured guests who comprise of sought after therapists, psychologists, and social workers, along with some pretty exceptional college and career pathway professionals. Special thanks to African-American male therapists Alexander Dorsey and Clifton Bright Jr. Dr. Ayana Abrams, Koya Webb, Dr. Zari Gross, Linda Penny, and Dr. Pam Tarlow for showing us how to embrace a holistic lifestyle with Reiki and essential oils. Dr. LaToya Renee, Tish Norman, and Dr. Joshua Frettenberg for providing a roadmap to navigate through the college experience. We've come a long way in two years, and I wish I could name everyone on the podcast, but please know we are truly grateful for your participation and your support. Can't wait to see what the next 100 episodes have in store for us. So be sure to join our new Facebook group, where we will expand the conversation with our guests with live events, both in person and virtually. For our special giveaway, the first five students to join our Facebook group and answer the questions in the welcome post will get a signed copy of my book, Back to Me, along with a $20 gift certificate to any retailer of your choice. We're going to have a book club experience for the first six weeks and then we'll go into the next book. But I have a lot of lessons in my book to share with you on your college journey. So click the Facebook group in the description and join us. If you're just discovering me now, find out about my journey and listen to the full podcast along with all of our featured guests on our website at thebacktomeproject.com. Thank you for joining us. Be well, and we'll see you real soon.